Hi guys, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Rains and I'm your host of Grateful Heart TV. Today we're talking water. We have the two biggest water authorities in the state of Arizona coming on my show. Talk about feeling humbled and honored. They haven't even met each other yet, but they wanted to meet each other. Katherine Sorensen came on my show a few months ago and super educated me. I was sharing with her some of my struggles with water up in northern Arizona and she was sweet enough to connect me to somebody who connected me to somebody who connected me to the one and only Gary Hicks. He was, um, I believe, the president of the Arizona Well Water Association at one point in his career. He has lived, breathed, and eaten water um, as a hydrogeologist. And those two are going to get to nerd out and meet for the first time on my show right now. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Rains, and you're listening to Grateful Heart. I started this show to help educate my clients on the real estate market, and it's evolved into so much more. I've found that I love talking to people and I love learning new things. While our expertise is still on the health of the housing market, we want to focus on the health and the well-being of our listeners as well. More specifically, where we reside in our hearts, in our minds, and in our homes. The biggest purchase in our life just isn't a house. It's where we raise our children, start a new business, pray for our loved ones, and follow our dreams. It's even where we listen to our favorite podcast. When we are successful at home, everything else just falls into place, and we are so grateful for that. Home is where the grateful heart is. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, guys. I'm your host, Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns with Grateful Heart TV. And today I have the two best water authorities in the state of Arizona on my show to talk about water. It's so important to everybody. And we're going to talk right now with Katherine Sorensen of ASU, who has been on our show before. But now we get to geek out with Gary Hicks. Gary, for those people who do not know who these individuals are, I don't even know where to start, Gary, because, like, to me, I got the god of water on my show is how I feel. Prior prior president of the Arizona Well Association, correct? That's pretty close. That is pretty close. Well, say it the right way because I know I just butchered it. Arizona Water Well Association. Water Well. I was kind of close. Close enough, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then Catherine has a long pedigree as well. You've been on the show before. I'm going to go ahead and make sure that everybody knows who you two are. Okay. After we do the show, but for right now, since time is limited, and I have yet to see you two collaborate, <laughs> I know you both knew of each other, but had yet to meet until just now. Right. That's right. Which is pretty freaking cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Thank, and thank yeah. you for that. Thank I, you very I, much. I, you know, I was so yeah. excited to have both of you. And, you know, because water is so prevalent right now in the news, just last week we saw everything about the Colorado River, mm-hmm. where you heard, obviously, issues in Rio Verde. Mm-hmm. There's issues Everywhere it feels like. Yeah. So why don't we go ahead and get started? And um, again, we'll talk about your guys' bios after the fact. Okay. Gary's got a great website, Into Wells, and we will be referring to his site. Really cute. I N the number two Wells. And on his site, he's got a ton of information, and I love that. He's also co-hosting the show today because he has so much information to share with everybody that I didn't want to butcher it. He's got his own mouse. He's going to share with us what he has. Thank you, Gary, for being my co-host. Do my best. I know you're going to do awesome, probably better than me at this. And last but not least, oh, we're going to get into pine and strawberry because I have a vested interest in that. And that is actually why I hunted down this woman to start with. (laughs) And then she led me to this gentleman. And here they all are. Um, We have some articles. These are some articles I thought we could talk about a little bit just to get you guys a little uh, appetite warmed up. For the, for the real deals. All groundwater is spoken for. New West Valley construction can no longer rely on groundwater after release of a new report. 
Yeah. Who wants to hit that one first? <laughs> well, I could jump in with some, <clears throat> excuse me something on that one because uh, I didn't read the report, but I was involved with the evaluation of the project as a uh, groundwater consultant. Mm -hmm. That's how I work under my geology registration. I helped the developer in that area attempt to find the water that I had to tell him finally was not there. <gasps> now that's a scary thought and that I think is partially why uh, some people are even steering clear of coming to Arizona right now, guys. Yeah, but we need to be careful how we talk about it because um, the report does not indicate that there is no groundwater. What the report indicates is that there is not enough groundwater for future developments that want to come in. So what that means is that the groundwater that is there is already spoken for. Mm -hmm. And new developments are going to need to import water supplies if they want to continue to develop. So you're talking about hauling water? No, not necessarily. Um, it's possible that you could import uh, groundwater supplies from other basins, the Harquahala or the McMullen Valleys, um, import them through the Central Arizona Project Canal or through uh -huh. a separate pipeline. So it doesn't mean there's no water. It's not sufficient water. It means that there's not sufficient groundwater without having new, to do something else. Without having to do something else, mm -hmm. exactly. So, like for example, if a developer goes out and you know West Valley, and, and I know the developer you're referring to, mm -hmm. Gary. We don't have to name him right now, but say he bought a bunch of land, that'd be pretty upsetting, I think, for a developer to find out they have to make extra steps happen in order to bring water into the future buyers because buyers don't want to buy if they don't have that guarantee. That's right. And and remember, in the setting up a development for sale, you know, for homes and stuff, you have to prove to the Department of Water Resources that there is a sufficient uh, groundwater supply. Isn't there something like a hundred year supply that they years, have to meet? Yes, and, and without, and without uh, depleting the water table to a certain level. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I did learn something in real estate mm -hmm. school. I'm pretty sure that was a question on the <laughs> exam. Um, so depleting the water table in the West Valley. And there was another article. I'm going to come back to that one. talks about Buckeye. So Buckeye mm -hmm. obviously is, you know, the same area. And then this one, Hobbs calls for updates to Arizona's Groundwater Management Act. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, guys. I don't even want to ask you questions. Talk about that. <laughs> Well, let me just say quickly on the, the West uh, Valley, um, because that report just came out uh, relatively recently. It's still fresh in the news. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean that there's not water for growth. What it means is that if you're going to continue to grow and maintain compliance with the state's assured water supply requirements, that you're going to need to import water to do that. That means it'll be more expensive. But it absolutely is doable, mm -hmm. um, and developers will just have to examine uh, what the, the cost. cost of those developments are versus the cost of importing these new supplies. And from the real estate perspective, I can say <clears throat> genuine, generally, if you go west side, far west side, you tend to find more affordable housing than if you're closer into town. Yeah. So that's kind of the catch-22 for a developer is we're running out of land in town yeah there's a saying in real estate drive to you can qualify you, you know, know? Mm -hmm. and and it it's ironic that that um is the case in real estate because it's the case in water as well so so a lot of the um areas that are in the older parts of mm -hmm. the valley of the sun so phoenix tempe scottsdale you know, mesa scottsdale tend to be relatively water rich um, and if developments are built in those areas, they pretty much automatically qualify for an assured water supply designation, but the land is more expensive. And that's why developers yeah. tend to go out, out on the fringes, right? Yeah. And look for cheaper land. 
But with that cheaper land comes the cost of potentially more expensive water. So out of curiosity, for somebody like me who does not understand it near, not even close mm -hmm. to the level of you two, um, what about the east side of town? Because there's a lot of miles between, yeah. you know, Buckeye, say, to where I live in Gold Canyon. Mm -hmm. um, and so what does that look like for Eastmark, for example? Because they're, I think they just built, I don't know how many millions of square feet of commercial use yeah. that's happening out there. And there's so much coming out to the east side of town. I think it was D.R. Horton and Brookfield yeah. who did 16 square miles of the state land trust. Right. Um, and, you know, what does that mean for those guys? They must have been able to get their... I guess, approvals? Yeah, for sure. So um, that would be in the cities of uh, Mesa and Gilbert mm -hmm. for the most part. And both of those cities have designations of a 100-year assured water supply. So to the extent you develop within those cities, mm -hmm. um, you know, you're pretty much guaranteed to have an assured water supply. Some of those cities do require developers to kind of um, chip in for the cost mm -hmm. of their um, of the water supplies there, but it tends to be a pretty good story. You go much east of there into Queen Creek, into Santan, those Pinal. areas. Pinal is, I think, one that mm -hmm. they do limit the amount of meters, mm -hmm. I believe, for the builders. I don't know currently what that looks like. I'd like to chime in here on one of the limiting issues of what happens when uh, growth moves to one direction or the other. Mm -hmm. As a geologist, you you don't always get the water beneath the land. And, and a lot of the places mm -hmm. where the people are subsisting on land that doesn't have sufficient water beneath it. So it's oh, imported sure. and it's imported through Just pipelines. Like and, you were talking you know, about, right? It's moved around, right. Yeah. And as uh, one, one of my last jobs at Tucson Water when I worked there was capital improvement program engineer. And we had to determine how much uh, it was going to cost to make a pipeline of a certain diameter mm -hmm. 10 years in the future. So there's a lot of future mm -hmm. The planning for the future that needs to go in to allow development to keep moving outward and outward and outward. So just a silly question. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, silly question. I live in Buckeye. Let's pretend I live in Buckeye. Yeah. Because there is there is like farms out there mm -hmm. still. Very few of them. A lot of them have sold to the builders. But they have, I think a lot of them have shared wells, don't they? Or do they not? And if not, could they drill their own? So, what are the rules with that? Right. So, it's a little bit different for farmers than it is for developers. So, uh, farmers were basically grandfathered into the 1980 Groundwater Management Act, meaning okay. that farmers have uh, the right to continue to pump groundwater mm -hmm. um, and not have to replenish that groundwater pumping. So they are, so farmers are actually allowed to deplete the aquifer. But like wait, wait, time out. When, yeah. when I interviewed you before though, you told me that the farmers are the ones that use the most water. They are the ones that use the most water. That is and actually true. And they, they get to just be unchecked? Yes, under the state 1980 Groundwater Management Act. Yes, they, they were grandfathered in and have the ability to, yes. So is this gonna affect that? <laughs> What I'm pointing to, guys, in I, case I you're okay. listening, is yes. the Hobbs updates for Arizona Groundwater Management Act. Yeah. I'm going to let Gary weigh in on that one. <laughs> well, I, I was looking at something totally different within the Groundwater Management Act. Now, uh, Catherine, I, I was here in 1980 working mm -hmm. for Tucson Water mm -hmm. when the Management Act was passed. So I kind of grew up with I heard some of the stories and was in there were things that happened. Anyway, used to know everyone that worked at the Department of Water Resources. I see things that are missing in the Groundwater Management Act that I would like to get corrected and touched up. One is for uh, it inter interacts with realtors, uh, that is the uh, inspectors that do the things, and um, 
and and for the private well owners. Are you talking remember, about the home inspectors? The well inspectors. Oh, we do have to call them once in a while. We have to have the water tested and make sure that the well's working. But there is no such thing as a well inspector in Arizona law. Did hmm. you realize that? I did not. Okay, we send I, off for I'll tests. Dig- so let me digress a little bit okay. on this, and we'll go that way. First of all, your appraiser is, so is a licensed professional, right? True. He's the first one you, you call for a prospective home sale, especially in rural property. And and then you call for the home inspector. You have to get that done. Mm-hmm. And then the seller has to order and get the, the septic. septic tank mm-hmm. inspector. And then finally, somebody realizes hey, we better, if it's supported by a private water well, mm. we better call a water well inspector. You well, know, us in real estate really hate having to deal with all that. It's so much yeah, work. I know it <laughs> Every is. time I get a mobile home on acreage and it's on a shared well with the septic, yeah. I'm like, oh, here it starts, right? And well, I yeah. was just trying to summarize, uh, every one of them except the water well inspector is a licensed certified uh, tested mm. and approved professional. That's a good point. Mm. The people who do the water well inspections for the sales and transfers of real estate are, are contractors, water well contractors, and, and there you are not trained or experienced. So that's the change oh, that I wrote to the, the governor mm-hmm. that I'd like to see incorporated. And then there's some other things that have to do with the development. But now back to the big picture that you know, on your side of the thing, there, what would be the things that you would suggest that we could change in the Management Act? The uh, closing down of certain areas like um, Kansas Settlement uh, or restricting the, the unlimited pumping that they can do? So, I, you know what? I think that um, there's a lot of tweaks that need to occur to the Groundwater Management Act. Of course, it was passed in 1980, as you said. So 43 years ago. Yes. Mm-hmm. You were at Tucson Water. I was at Ward Elementary School. Oh. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but no, and, and look, it, it was a – it was – passed through political compromise. Yes. So there are really great things about the 1980 Groundwater Management sure. Act. Um, one of the really great things is if you look at it in whole, it has provided um, the certainty mm-hmm. that allows real estate transactions to mm-hmm. take place, development to take place, large industrial customers to feel comfortable uh, investing in our economy because they, they know that right. we have these really strong regulations about groundwater management. Uh, but yeah, certainly there are many things that got that got tossed to the side it in the, in the, the face cracks, of uh, right the fell, through the it, cracks, fell through the cracks because it, it was a political compromise and yeah, mm-hmm. farmers being allowed to pump without replenishment is one of those things. So time out real quick. I just want to interject. Yes. Somebody else I was talking to the other day. They're like, if the farmers are going to use all the water here to produce farm stuff, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, fruits, vegetables, whatever else mm-hmm. they grow. They should be required to keep that produce here in Arizona instead of taking our water to grow foods and send it out. I don't know Amen. if you guys care yeah. about that or if that would even be a part of it. But that when I heard that, I'm like, well, that kind of makes sense to keep it all in Arizona. You know, though, it's it's not just agriculture. It, when you produce any kind of good uh-huh. anywhere on this planet... Water is a major component of that production. And so we are we're moving water through different products, mm-hmm. through agriculture, through semiconductor chips, through, you know, all sorts of things. Oh yeah. And all, all of our semiconductor time. plants. We have the yeah. Taiwan one coming we in. We have TSMC, we've That's got TSMC. Intel. So, you know, no, I'm not I don't know, but I'm also an economist, so I kinda like to let the market work. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's absolutely um, it's a great time for mm-hmm. the governor to take a second look at the Groundwater Management Act and see, okay, what can we make better? 
we know we have new challenges. We've got the issue on the Colorado River. We've got aquifers that are okay. In you worse said shape. It. Yes, we got to talk about the Colorado River because okay. that was all over the news last yeah. week. Yeah, um, seven states being shut down. If you just read mm-hmm. the headlines, mm-hmm. is that true? Seven states being shut down. Well, no, now that's getting that's getting more out of my area. Remember, I'm I'm the water well driller, contractor, geologist. Oh, you know but, but enough I, to be I, dangerous. I, I, but, but I, I yeah, thank you. I but I, having lived in uh, Pima County, uh, Mojave County, mm-hmm. and worked in all these others, I I know what the situation is over there on the river. And uh, well, when when we lived there, the issue was uh, the uh, people wanted to sell their water rights to people that needed them here in mm-hmm. the, in the Central Valley, you know. And and I am familiar, and I can show you, you know, where the water, how the You're water, my how the water you comes out, out of the river. Well, we have to get. To, you want me to get you to, to that get screen? To, give it to my website. Okay, I can do that. I ooh, their website or this oh, one? Oh no, 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 the photos. Yeah, okay, there you to, go. To the photos, you know. All right. So um, my co-host over here is going to dig around and find us some visuals. In the meantime, yes. Catherine, why don't you t- talk a little bit about the ca- Colorado situation? Right. So the Colorado River situation is bad. Right. Um, yeah. The river is very over allocated. Uh, we draw far more from the river than Mother Nature can really provide. Mm-hmm. We've been experiencing 20 years of the worst drought in the last 1,200. So it's not just a drought. It's not just a mega drought. It's like a super, super awful mega drought. <laughs> super, super awful yeah. mega drought. I don't know. Like, is there another expletive I can use? If there was going to be a trophy, they would have the <laughs> yeah. Hail Mary of trophies, it, it, right? It's the Hail Mary of drought. And in fact, so scientists are actually saying, look, it's not even a drought at this point. The basin is becoming more arid. Mm-hmm. And this is what our future is going to look like. So it's bad. Um, but, you know, in, here in central Arizona, our right to Colorado River water is junior um, to that of western Arizona and to California. Okay. That means that when there's not enough water to go around, central they Arizona get gets cut first. Yeah. So we're first on the chopping block is how I would say it. So, Gary, explain this photo that you just pulled well, up. Okay. Well, there was just a photo. I know too many people may have seen this, but this is a photo of uh, a lift station on the Colorado River where farmers pump out water. There's four pipes in there. It looks there. very refreshing, two, does it not? Only two I, I of them are, go are running there. at the yeah, time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this water for this particular uh, station that uh, we were looking at and replacing the pumps on, uh, it's growing alfalfa. Now, my only question on that, on the farming, you know. Mm. It, I'm, I'm and alfalfa much, is the I, one that I, takes the most, isn't it? It takes a and lot. cotton, I think but both, I, yeah. I work down in Yuma on Wells, mm-hmm. too, and down there is some pretty good produce that they grow down there. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm for that. Mm-hmm. But I'm, sometimes with 12 crops or cuttings, we call them, of alfalfa a year from river water, mm-hmm. I wonder if that's the wisest and best use right. of uh, that, that particular source. You know, though, I, everyone feels like their own water use is justified mm-hmm. and no one else's is. Of right? course. And it's, it's easy for us to say, farmers, you know, here's what you should or shouldn't mm-hmm. do. But it is their property, right? It is their business. It is their livelihood. And that water use supports rural communities. So we also just need to be careful and respectful sure. of that. Yes. But absolutely, um, both cotton and alfalfa are very thirsty crops. And we grow a hell of a lot of it here in the Southwest. Yes, we do. Because it is so nice and sunny that you can get <laughs> all of these cuttings. Um, but yeah, you know, certainly agriculture will need to be a part of the solution on the Colorado River because um, agriculture across the basin uses something like 75% of the water. 
So you can't solve the problems on the Colorado River without addressing that. Agriculture's got to be a part of it. Now, they are addressing it. Now, I just, in December uh, last, I just came from the irrigation show. Mm -hmm. It was, they were co-sponsored, exhibiting with the National Groundwater Association. And I can tell you, and and I've um, uh, authored some articles in Irrigation Today, a magazine you know, for the farming industry, especially the Central Cali- uh, California Valley people. Mm-hmm. And they are doing everything they can to be more efficient in their cuttings and, and the irrigation oh, and, and everything they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's tremendous. So that's good to hear. Tech- there's more technology going on in the uh, application of water, both groundwater and surface water, mm-hmm. uh, to the farming, or uh, I call it uh, um, produce and everything mm-hmm. else that they do. The... Um, and even to turf, the, the other people on, on golf courses and yeah. so on, they're, they're getting much more efficient. Mm-hmm. And cities but as well. They're, mm-hmm. they're doing everything they can, mm-hmm. but we still have uh, more of a demand than we have. Uh, and people keep moving here. Spot. Even yeah. though I did say I have heard people steering clear of Arizona yeah. because of all the bad publicity in the media. Mm-hmm. And me being in real estate, that hurts. You know, oh. I mean, yeah. not just, I'm it, not just talking pocketbook. I'm just talking about like... I want people to understand instead of just reading the headlines. Yeah. Understand what is really the situation here in Arizona because it is a wonderful place to live. We it's all a love great place living to here. I know. And you know, yes, we're in a desert and yes it gets hot here, but I remember when we interviewed before, you impressed me so much with all the aquifers and everything mm-hmm. that we've been doing as a state for a very long time, mm-hmm. progressively um, ahead of a lot of the other states yeah. that are using that same Colorado River. The advantage of uh, being lowest in priority on the Colorado River is you know to be prepared. Mm. And so there's just been decades upon decades of preparation here Mm -hmm. in Central Arizona to provide that certainty so that people can continue to move here, can continue to invest in our economy. So we were already prepped for it. Yeah, that doesn't mean there won't be pain, and absolutely there will. Cities need to continue to become even more water efficient. They've Mm -hmm. made great strides, but they need to do more. Mm -hmm. We need to do more with reclaimed water, probably more with direct potable reuse of reclaimed water, a whole host of of other um, solutions. There's no silver bullet. There's just many tools that we need to take advantage of. But no, it's really not an issue of population growth. It's an issue of land use. So if you, for example, build very dense um, vertical developments, they are very water efficient and thousands of people can live in them and it doesn't really increase the water footprint. You're talking about like an apartment complex or, you know, townhome complex where there's very little yards. Because I know we talked about, you know, not having real grass and not, you know, having certain plants that in your front yard. And those are things that the cities have been promoting for a long time. Um, so I think that's super cool. I can't believe how fast this is going. Okay, guys, okay. we got to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we have to talk about real Verde. We got to talk about pine and strawberry. And man, that clock keeps ticking down. So we'll be, we'll be fast. I'll be right back. If you're looking for a mortgage, you need a personalized plan, not a click button get mortgage option. My team and I have saved families thousands by proactively planning their home purchase or a refinance. Buying a home is a huge decision and it deserves a strategic approach. My team and I provide a comprehensive mortgage plan, including a complete credit analysis outlining the steps needed to improve your credit score and help you qualify for the best rates and terms in the market. Visit us at tkteam.us today. We'll ensure you get the best guidance so you can make the best decisions. The TK Team, moving you forward. 
Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I've been selling homes here in the Valley for over a quarter of a century. I want to say that experience truly matters. So when you're looking for a realtor to help you either buy or sell your biggest purchase of your life, I hope you'll consider using me. My experience doesn't matter near as much as my clients. So I do dare you to Google me and I promise you'll see nothing but fantastic reviews because I really do truly care to help navigate you and your family to the very best experience you'll ever have with buying a home. Have you been thinking about buying a new house or refinancing your existing mortgage? Interest rates are still around historically low levels. Why pay a higher rate when you don't have to? Call Joe Smith, me, at Epic Mortgage LLC, 602-741-4121 for a free mortgage quote or pre-qualification. Epic Mortgage LLC is a locally owned, independent mortgage brokerage that provides low-cost options for its customers. Independently owned means low overhead, so you get the best rates, fees, and service. Keep more of your money. Brokers are better. Realtor recommended for over 20 years? Contact me, Joe Smith, at Epic Mortgage today, 602-741-4121. Whether purchasing a home or refinancing, we know you have choices when it comes to choosing a title company. Navi Title Agency is the leading source for all title, escrow, and marketing needs. With access to the largest title insurance underwriter, Navi Title facilitates successful closings and protects clients from fraud, creating solutions that save time and money for everyone. Ask your realtor or loan officer today about using Navi Title on your next real estate transaction. Navi Title Agency is locally owned and operated in the state of Arizona. We're back from commercial break, you guys, and they're just being so cute off camera. I, I had to <laughs> hurry up and get back over here. Um, so these two know things that most of us don't know, and I am so honored again to have you both oh, here to you. share your knowledge with us. We were talking about Kingman off break. We're also going to talk about Rio Verde before we get to Pine and Strawberry. So what's going on in Kingman, guys? Well, Kingman for me uh, goes back quite a few years because I, I know the story of the developer, and this has to do with real estate, uh, where he bought a lot of land in the Kingman area and uh, if, and also in what we call the um, uh, Golden Valley. Uh -huh. But real estate wasn't moving at the time that he wanted to develop. So he went out to this other area north of Kingman, who we call it the Red Lake area, mm -hmm. and started uh, said, I'm going to buy the land. I'm going to start growing crops. So he started putting in wells. I got called in as a groundwater consultant and drilling consultant to the same, but I found out right away that he was using out-of-state contractors to drill wells that weren't even permitted at that time mm. through the Department of Water Resources. Mm. And that's strictly against, you know, my my concept of what we should be doing. I tried to help him and get it straightened out, but it didn't work out. But at, at the time, you, the, this map of mine shows the, some wells that were installed. Each one of them is a square mile, and there's just dozens of wells drilled or being drilled out there and it that was you know agriculture consumes a lot of groundwater so people got concerned so and that's what all your little pins on the map are pin, all the different the pins are the wells and, mm -hmm. and the, the co different colors are the property holdings and so on and it's gone even further now because now there's pecan groves and other mm -hmm. uh, farmers and working out there the uh, it was it was quite a thing that was going on out there at the time i think yes so many resources was, in I, there I love it. this is what it looked like in the beginning and this is the one of the well drilling processes mm -hmm. that uh, by this time it, it was properly permitted. But, but at that time, you could not stop them from drilling a 2,000, 3,000 gallon a minute mm. well. Yeah. So, you know. And what's the issue with that, guys, for us well, that don't understand? So, uh, 
Arizona is is blessed to have a lot of groundwater, mm-hmm. um, but most of it is what we call fossil groundwater, and that means that it is not annually replenished at any significant rate. Oh, so to the so extent, fossil meaning it's really old. It's old water. It's old, and to the extent you just you pump it out uh, and, it's and not it's not replenished, re- then mm-hmm. you create a you problem for it. future generations. Yes. So um, it so it. Recently, the state decided to create what's called an irrigation non-expansion area okay. in the in Kingman. The INA. An INA. So they were saying that on break. I'm like, yeah, we were. We were, we were talking about INAs. Uh, an irrigation non-expansion area, and what that means is that those farmers who are there now, those wells that are there now, they're they're they can grandfathered mm-hmm. in. They can exist. They can continue to be in business and and grow their crops. But looking to the future, they will, you know, acreage cannot expand. And that's a way to kind of conserve that fossil groundwater. So similar to what we were just talking about in the beginning of the show with the West Valley, for yeah, example. Yeah. You yes. know, and the developers trying to develop out there. So yeah. that makes sense. I mean, yeah. we, we have to kind of keep it in check. Otherwise, our kids and grandkids may not have, if we think we are having issues now, it's mm-hmm. only going to get worse for them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, th- there's one other issue that has to go with uh, overuse of fossil groundwater and depleting the water table and mechanical thing that is groundwater or land subsidence due to groundwater withdrawal mm-hmm. with the fissures, I, the, yeah. which impacts real estate in Absolutely. certain areas. Down in Santan you know, Valley, so I know there's a lot of fissures. There's so many of... aspects of, mm-hmm. of what we're dealing with and talking about here. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Well, it, so for people who are listening, fissures are basically the cracks in the ground. And sometimes you see sinkholes in certain areas, mm-hmm. usually closer to the mountains. Mm-hmm. So when I'm selling properties closer to South Mountain, to uh, Santan Mountain, Gold Canyon, and I, I feel like maybe even in Prescott, I, you, you know the area up in no, Prescott not, a lot better. We're not, no, no we're you're, not you're, you're not affected not with there, that. No. Um, uh, go the, ahead. The Kansas settlement has um, cracks uh, developing due to you know, groundwater Where withdrawal. Where is the Kansas on, settlement? On the Dragoon Road, uh, there's some signs that show you know, the, the land coming apart, you know. <laughs> and I Be careful some, where you're driving, Kenneth. <laughs> yeah. Don't ride a horse out yeah, into yeah, the distance. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we experienced some of that in the Tucson Basin. When Even when I was with Tucson Water, there was yeah. one of the first places we brought it to, was brought to attention uh, of the public, you might okay. say. So it's a concern. That's but. a good point. So groundwater depletion doesn't just affect future generations. It can affect us as well. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. let's talk Rio Verde. Because that one's been super Wait. hot. Super hot in the press. Yeah. Um, you know, because the national press has been waiting for the story of some community in Arizona running out of water. Yeah. So and that they could blare it all over the place. And that, you know, that's And then most of happened. us only read the headlines. So all we hear is no water. Right, right. And and actually, so Rio Verde um, is what's called a, a wildcat subdivision, meaning that developers in, intentionally developed this subdivision outside of city boundaries um, so that they could avoid, um, you know, paying into communal infrastructure that those of us who live in cities have to pay for. Mm-hmm. And they took advantage of some loopholes in the Groundwater Management Act to um, to basically avoid having to replenish uh, groundwater pumping in that area. Some residents of Rio Verde are fortunate to have functioning private wells. Uh, those private wells. Very uh, few, I'd assume, though, out of the population. I, I think not that many. Right. Um, but some do have functioning private wells. Others were relying on water that was hauled, mm-hmm. basically moved in private trucks um, from a standpipe that was owned by the city of Scottsdale. 
And Scottsdale had been warning the community for years, we're going to restrict access to this standpipe. They had been warning the they community. They had been warning for years. Mm-hmm. So us realtors mm-hmm. never had disclosures that I remember having to right. have. You know, right. I just helped somebody in Northern, just the border of Rio Verde. They were still a Scottsdale address, so I believe they're still getting their water hauled. Yeah, yeah. If you don't have a private well, you you have to rely on hauled water. Mm-hmm. And so it's not the case that they ran out of water. It's the case that they ran out of the ability to use the standpipe that was closest to their community. So they'll have to go further away to a different standpipe to get, to get hauled water. water. Mm-hmm. So exactly. so they're just probably going to be more expensive. It's going to be more expensive, and that will create real hardships for some families. And and I think it is worth as. As we look at, at uh, uh, if we as we take a fresh look at the Groundwater Management Act, mm-hmm. I think it is worth looking at our real estate dis- disclosure laws to make sure people are very aware of what they're buying into and what they're not. Well, and that brings me to a wonderful point. Yes. Thank you, Catherine. So I reached out to Catherine because my husband and I bought in the wonderful community of Strawberry. Yeah. Uh, Strawberry, Arizona is near and dear to my heart. And then because of you, I met somebody else in Tucson who turned me on to Gary and his master's thesis when I was four years old, I wasn't in elementary school (laughs) even yet, was on strawberry and pine and you went up there physically and walked all of it and marked every single well up there. Yes, very that, that's impressive. Very, uh, if you could, yes, take us to that point. Now, uh, I want a small correction. It was not my master's. That that was uh, University of Phoenix, but this oh. uh, in in MBA. But anyway, okay. the um, he's got a lot of pedigrees over here. This, this was what we call a senior thesis. This was actually an undergraduate oh. study. I had not graduated yet in 1977. So uh, what I did was um, you can click on any of those images and they'll blow up. Uh, all right, this is the uh, my geologic map of the pine. Yes. Strawberry. So cool. he, I can't me, wait to see so, this. Catherine, he gave me the paper copy and I got all the scanned for him. Oh. I can't believe he trusted me to the paper copy. <laughs> wow. I was like, oh my God. And, and yeah. you can see by, by the, the creases in the paper. Yeah, the, the, they're, they're oh, turning with age. That's but this, so great. This was the, back in the day when you did hand drafting of a lot of things, my, my cross section cool. drawings, but the so USGS topographic map with other things laid over it. But see, the, you can see the town of Pine. And, and each one of the red dots are wells that I looked at and or evaluated and so on, besides the geologic mapping of the units around the basin. It was a study for the Pine Water Company at the time. It was called E.R. Rawls. Mm-hmm. It was before the district. P.S.W.I.D., yeah. Yeah, what they have now. And there was a shortage of water. Mm-hmm. So um, I went up and, and did this study and investigation. I have the full report is is part of this thesis. It's a really cool report, guys. Intowells.com. You so can pull it off if you it, want If it. I can get back then to yeah. the cross sections, we'll get down right away to the summary. Let's just keep it short. Mm-hmm. Whoops, too much, too big. Too Here, much. I can help you out, Gary. Yeah, I get, just did a magnified, but, um, but not... Well, let me so go, for I did warn me, we were going to be on our own today if we yes. screwed up the mouse. Um, so <laughs> I'm we're just glad to, I'm not in charge right now. <laughs> yeah, right? Here, Gary, let me help you out. Okay. All right, guys, we figured it out. Thank you for a night. Um, we got okay. the screen. And th- what, this is the first image you showed James and I when we came up to learn from you about our situation in Pine and Strawberry. So please take it away, Gary. Okay, this this is my one-page summary of the situation that I found 
in, uh, through my study in the Pine Strawberry area. This is a, a cross-section, detailed cross-section, not to scale and not very well. Remember back in 77, this was hand-drawn and hand-typed. I'm very impressed. There were his no computers. <laughs> was all typed, and I yeah. love oh it, gosh. and it's on his website right now. Anyway, there, there is water in the Pine Strawberry area, and most of the people are living in the, from this portion of the slope on downward where there is groundwater that is saturated. And, but the recharge comes mm-hmm. from up here at the top in the Coconino sandstone. So and that's the Mogollon Rim. That's the Mogollon so Rim. Otherwise known as the Rim. If you're up in the mm-hmm. area, everybody refers to it as the Rim. The Rims. And in a few places uh, right around there, it's basalt ca- cap on there. But it's a very thin cap. And this mm-hmm. is not restricting the general recharge. The Coconino gets a lot of the water. It percolates down through there. And at places when it gets to the top of what we call the Supai Formation, which mm-hmm. is uh, not a very very good producer of water, it breaks out and it causes springs. There's a single unit inside Fort Apache member, which also harbors a lot of springs mm. and, and has been the source of a lot of slumping there. But people were drilling wells into these formations down here and they were going south and because they could see water flowing over this from the, springs. In, in, from the streams and mm-hmm. the impenetrable quartzite that was on the bottom. I said, no, the, you can go down here. You won't be getting what the need to do is go back up here, as other cities and towns have like done. Like Payson, for Payson, example. And some other, I, I can't think of the other ones right now. Drill into the coconut. You're going to have to import the water through Yeah, you're going to have to move it. Pi- move so it through pipe pipelines. it down mm-hmm. to our town would probably be a better use of the money that they're supposed to be getting from the government to help our situation. Right now, my understanding is they plan to drill a 2,000-foot well. And in the meantime, we've been on moratorium for two years almost, and they're not releasing meters. Being a property owner in the area, my issue, also being in real estate, is the same thing. You know, people only read the headlines. So a lot of the people from the Valley think there's no water in Pine and Strawberry, and they're staying Mm -hmm. away, which is affecting our property values right Mm now. Mind you... Um, after l- learning what little bit I have learned from Gary, I'm like, what is, mm. what is our water district doing? So mm. I got to go to a meeting recently. Do you guys want to see the video? I, I do. Yes. I know Catherine's dying to see it. <laughs> so um, the last water district meeting, I was actually accused of committing slander. Now, I stood up and I made it very clear. I just heard some things I'd love for the board to address. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, not only did they not address it, they didn't let anybody on Zoom talk. And so it was a travesty. So I'm hoping somebody comes to our next meeting because, as you two said before we got started, it takes somebody like me to stir the pot a little bit to make (laughs) things change. And I'm hoping for a positive change for our community because after learning from Gary that maybe their current plan is not the best, highest use of the money that they're supposedly getting to solve our issue in the community. Um, So I'm going to hit play. Hi, my name is Rebecca Rains. My husband James and I have been owners here in Strawberry since 2017 and are heavily invested in our community as we own some land here in Pine. In an interest of time, I will try to speak quickly. There's a lot of things I would love for the board to address. First off, we were here a month ago and nobody but my husband and I were here. I was, I'm so grateful for everybody who showed up today to show your support. Um, The issues we have heard since the last meeting, nefarious is probably the nicest way to say it, of things that I've heard about. I don't have proof, but the things that I've heard about are people being threatened with their jobs that work here, a lot of turnover, 
um, people being fearful, and we're in a right-to-work state. I'm a real estate broker for the last 30 years, and to hear about contracts being changed after the fact, and then I hear our counselor, Wayne, talking about my request for information being a fishing expedition, I just want to get to the bottom of whatever is going on. Right now, down in the valley, maybe you guys aren't aware of this, but people in the valley believe there's no water up here at all. In fact, my husband was in a class recently, and they were saying that the fire department can't even put fires out up here, which is not the case. And as a result, our property values are suffering, and people need to be aware. So I'm, again, very grateful that everybody is here. Um, Councillor Wayne, do you agree with the revisions made after the fact to real estate contract in reference to the McKnight Purchase Contract by the board member who is here. Excuse me, excuse me, that's not part that's of the subject. That's not part of your subject matter. But don't I have three, don't I have three minutes to talk? Your subject matter is water monitoring. It's okay, okay, it's okay. She has the floor. You, you do not have the ability to slander people. You have the ability to slander people. You have the ability to slander people. So please. I'm not slandering well, anybody. I'm sorry, but keep it to the context. If anybody in this room has proof or has um, first-person knowledge of some of these things that I have been told about, I would appreciate it if you guys would stand up. Um, but as far as the moratorium goes, what I do have in my hand right now is my request for information. The first request is I put on here, because I'm in real estate and it really bothers me to hear contracts are being changed after the fact, I asked for a copy of the WIFA contract, and it says that on my response there's no contract with WIFA. A copy of the USDA contract, it says here there's no contract with USDA. I know you guys have dealings with them, so I don't know why there would be that response. I asked for a copy of the current meter list, which I've heard other people have gotten redacted. Mine says, no comment on the listing of customers waiting for meters provided but to the rains. And uh, last but not least, I asked for some emails, and one of them right here clearly states, Mona, I have done the next revision to the agreement, but I have not changed the date since the chairman has already signed. I'm sorry, I'm a real estate broker, and you don't sign or change contracts after the fact. So my issue here with the moratorium is I do personally believe that if our board members were behaving a little bit better, maybe the news would be a little bit better for our community. Maybe this moratorium could be over sooner than later because I do have in here 18 meters have been ordered that will arrive in six months. And from what I understand, there's well over 100 people waiting for meters. And that is the biggest thing that I want to know what you guys are going to do about that. Thank you. So, I hope you guys enjoyed the video. I hope I don't have to have those kind of theatrics at the next meeting. Um, if I get enough people from our community to show up, hopefully more voices will be heard. And in the meantime, I'd love to hear from you two wonderful experts what your advice might be or possible solutions for our community that, you know, are maybe a little bit um, quicker solutions for what we're dealing with. If we're at 2,000 foot well, I, they're talking maybe by summer, maybe they'll start working on that. I don't know. I, I could comment on a couple of things because we've already introduced them. One would be that a 2,000 foot well would be uh, getting you fossil water. And we know what, what We just that, talked that, about fossil yeah, water. Yeah, the little, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that, that, and it's not probably not res uh, rechargeable. 
from, from down there. Uh, as much as I'm for the drilling of water wells, I was a contractor for 20 years. Well, you were on the president of the association. <laughs> president of the water well association. Yeah, so he likes I'm, wells, guys. I'm Don't get well. me wrong. Yes. I actually went to him to find out where I could put one on my land and try to hit water. Yeah, I, I discouraged it. I know you did. On, on that area. But then uh, as a, plan, a, few, a past planner, long-distance planner for water resources, uh, something I learned at Tucson Water, you have to think maybe 10 years in advance. and so you a 10-year plan. Yes, yeah. So mm-hmm. these people, and it's a little bit just short-sighted on their part, and maybe they don't have the expertise because they are not hydrogeologists. They are not civil engineers with the, with the ability to mm-hmm. plan these water systems. So I, I think they're just caught behind the power curve. So if um, I could get them to listen and maybe hear some advice, would you be willing to share any words of wisdom oh, with them? certainly. I love you, Gary. And you too, Catherine. <laughs> Thank you. And and I'll just get on my infrastructure soapbox uh, because please. I love my infrastructure soapbox. But um, <laughs> no, one of the things that any community can do mm. is really look to the replacement of their aging water distribution mains. Um, here in Arizona, we like to think of ourselves as young, but we're, we're really not that young. Our cities are getting older. Our towns are getting older. That means our water lines are getting older. Mm-hmm. And as water lines get older, they leak and break. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you can do to conserve water and, and um, make sure there's enough for people today and tomorrow is to replace those aging water mains so that they're not leaking and you have a, a lower loss rate in your community. And that, that's really important to do. So in the last couple of years, this area was, I think, at 60% water loss. And now oh, it's down to... Oh, heavens. Uh, yeah. yeah, heavens. Heavens. That's, heavens. That's, now they're down to 29% from what I heard fantastic. in the last meeting. So they've cut yes. it in half during this moratorium. They have been working towards it. So I don't want to you know, make it sound yeah. like the water district's doing nothing. I know that they are, but... When I speak to professionals like you guys and I'm hearing better solutions and then I go to a meeting and they won't even hear me or address me or, mm. you know, respond to mm. me, it's a little mm. frustrating. Um, so, sure. you know, be go back on your soapbox. Keep well, going. Yeah, no. So investing in water distribu- water distribution mains is is super, super important. And, and any community can do that. And it's not just about water loss. It's also about reliable water service for the people who are there right now. Um, The other thing that people can look to are conservation measures and make sure that every drop is being used for its highest and best purpose. You mean don't turn on the faucet while you're getting ready to brush your teeth? Absolutely. All of that. But also, you know, probably most importantly, look at your outside landscaping, even in places like pine and strawberry. That's where it goes. If you can go with all native landscaping, Mm -hmm. right, you will use the least amount of water possible. And, And that's super important. So there are tools in the toolbox. But to your point about the meeting itself, I hope that more people become involved everywhere across Arizona. Yeah. Right? We not, need, just, yeah. not just Pine Strawberry, but we need public involvement at all levels. Mm-hmm. The water belongs to all of us. Right. Right? And the more that people can be engaged and get educated and show up at these meetings, the better off we will all be. Right. Agreed. Thank you so much. Okay, so my clock is ticking down. I'm going to have... To have you guys back again because oh, I just adore you guys. Yeah. And, Likewise. And obviously the two of you really <laughs> like each get other too. Get down in the weeds yes. and talk about yeah. things. We yes. can get down in the weeds. But before we finish this show, mm. are there any last thoughts you'd like to share with the audience about water in Arizona in general? Like if besides, I, I love the fact that you implored people to get involved mm. and maybe do their own conservation and you know pay attention when you're letting the water run and, and make sure that you are using native mm. plants and mm-hmm. instead of maybe all new 
sod, you know, mm-hmm. things like that nature. Well, well let, let me point out an issue because I'm entirely interested in the private well owner on their rural land. I, I'm a country boy kid and I grew up that way. I think this is what we should have. And, and the, the rural and private water well owners don't get the same level of assurances that you do when you live in the sure. city. They actually yeah. they have no assurances mm-hmm. at all. So I'd like to be yeah. – and they don't have an advocacy uh, – group to to promote for them so they have to individually show up at these meetings that you're talking about and you know the the way to make uh, progress move is to get involved in local politics that makes me cringe i'm sorry (laughs) you know i think the thing is is we all look at politics especially where we've been in the last several years i know it's rough it is rough rough. you're like you're like that's the last thing i want to do but you're right gary because until we get involved and our voices get heard Mm -hmm. then most people don't even know or understand the real situation absolutely they just hear no water, and then they run, and then they're scared, and then they go about their day, and they don't think twice about it again, right? Well, they think someone else is going to fight it for them. Yeah. That might be the issue. You know, and, and quite frankly, that is the case. I mean, even when I went to the water district meeting, mm-hmm. we actually had 25 people standing room, which was a big deal. because That it was just, is a big deal in a small town like that. Yeah, because yeah. it was just my husband and myself the week or the meeting before. Um, but out of 25 of us, it was only three of us who got up and said anything. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely getting involved. I mean, if you're going to mm-hmm. show up, at least, you know, ask a question or two and because that also holds people accountable that are on these it boards. Does. And, you know, if nobody's showing up, then they probably just figure they could do whatever they want. That's Who right. cares? Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. you guys get involved, learn. If you're going to follow Gary's advice, you'd also <laughs> run for politics and run an office. Somehow. Um, I'll run for the boards. Run for the boards. Make the decisions. Yes. And that's you coming from being in Tucson on mm-hmm. the water board down there for mm-hmm. many, many years. Right, Gary? No, just with the water department. Oh, water Work for the water department in different capacities, yes. Yeah. But I've seen the changes. And I, I, we, we, when we first started, when I first started Tucson Water, we were buying up small water companies and taking them over because they were having trouble. And then we ended up with all these little pipes that had to be replaced. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly. why I had my last job was to figure out what a new pipeline was going to cost 10 years down the road. Yeah, that's, that's what we need to do. That's yeah. for sure. Well, thanks, you guys, for coming on. Thank you I for having me. It. Thank you so oh, much. Nice meeting them. Okay, uh-huh. guys, tune in next time. I can't wait to have them on again. Thanks again. <laughs> Thank you. Bye, you guys. Okay, guys, so I hopefully you got the gist of it. Don't pay attention to the clickbait. Read the articles. Do your research. And as both Gary and Catherine said, get involved. Water is a big deal in our state. We are in a desert and there's so much bad information out there. Do your research and show up to meetings when they are appropriate for you to show up to and get your voice heard. If nothing else, um, just know we're not out of water. You just have to understand where to find it and checking in with authorities like we had on our show just a few minutes ago. Oh man, it was such a treat and I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. What a great show, and thank you for joining us on our mutual journey to becoming unharmable and successful in all of our experiences while we're here in this school of life. We hope you enjoyed it. If you watched us on YouTube, please like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Likewise, if you're catching us on one of our podcast platforms, be sure to follow us so you never miss out on another one of our shows again. Remember that if you ever have a question about real estate or any of the other topics we cover, Check us out on the web, www.gratefulheart.tv, for all of our links to connect with us. I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation.
I'm on vacation every single day, every, every single day.